Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're so glad you joined us here for the conversation. Our study of the Gospel of Mark is focusing on the busy, productive, and life-changing work of Jesus in action. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Hey guys, welcome back. Appreciate you joining us today. We're in the book of Mark, as you well know, and getting kind of near the end here, not too far from chapter 13. There's only 16 chapters uh, in the book, so looking forward to uh, winding up here in a couple weeks and then jumping into a brand new book. But uh, for now, Mark chapter number 12, and we're looking at verse number 38. I promised you yesterday that we would talk a bit about Jesus taking on the religious leaders head on. Jesus was obviously not afraid to deal with what he saw, to call a spade a spade in that sense. And the thing about the Lord, obviously, is his judgment is righteous judgment. We have to be careful, especially when we speak to people's motives. Why? Because we don't know the heart. Matter of fact, the Bible teaches we don't even entirely know our own heart. And we have to be very careful and humble about assigning motives to others, The Bible calls that evil surmising, and we want to be very careful about that. But the Word of God is a correct assessor of motives. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12, it shows us the thoughts and intents of our heart. And of course, the Lord, as the living Word, has complete knowledge of and therefore complete accuracy in identifying our motives. So it's important that we always submit our motives to the Lord. And we're going to see today how the Lord deals with the motives of these religious leaders of his day that were so respected. People held them in awe. They were so full of themselves. And watch how Jesus deals with them. He's been dealing with them. We've been talking about this now for days about the way they've been challenging him and how envious they are of the popularity he has, how afraid they are really to deal with him because they want to remain popular in the eyes of the people. And they're going to arrest him. They will, but eventually, but they're going to do it at night. Why? Because they're cowardly. So watch how Jesus now deals with their motives in verse number 38. So Mark chapter 12 and verse number 38 And he said unto them in his doctrine or in his teaching, beware of the scribes which love to go in long clothing, the flowery flowing robes, and love salutations in the marketplaces. So a couple things at the outset here. First of all, Jesus is teaching. The Bible calls it doctrine. So it's a codified teaching. And the Bible also teaches that he is speaking about the religious leaders, but not to them. No doubt they're there. No doubt they're hearing. But he's speaking about them to the people that have been swayed by them. And he's warning the people, beware of them. Beware of your teachers. Beware of your leaders. Beware of those that are leading the temple worship. What a, what a warning that is. And he gives us some reasons why we're to watch out for them. Verse number 38 again, beware of the scribes. Why? Because here's their motivation. They love to go in long clothing. They are just all about what they look like. They're all about how they appear. 
They're all about what people see on the outside. It says in verse number 38, they love salutations in the marketplaces. They love that popularity. It feeds their ego. Hello, Dr. So-and-so. Hi, Mr. Famous so-and-so. Oh, I see. They love to be noticed. They love the attention. They love the adulation. Uh, they love the, the, the titles and the, the plaudits of the people. Boy, we have to be careful, don't we? Because we can see that even within our religious circles today. We don't have to go outside of our denomination. You know, I see a lot of this within the churches that I associate with and the way that I have grown up. Why? Because pride crosses all the boundaries, doesn't it? Uh, pride is not just a Catholic thing or a Methodist thing. Uh, it's a Baptist thing too. And we have to be careful of it because it can creep into any one of our hearts and it can overtake any one of our ministries. And sometimes if we're not careful, the ministry is more about the man, more about the pastor, more about the teacher, more about the singer, more about the, than it is about the Lord. And these people loved, they had created a whole system where they were getting the credit and they were looked at and they just loved it. It was a, they were self-absorbed in the playground that they had constructed. Look at verse number 39. And the chief seats, here's something else they love. They love the chief seats in the synagogues. Oh, but they want to sit up on the platform. They want to sit up in front of everybody. They love to be noticed. They, they want to be first in the pecking order. They're in the best seats in the house. Remember earlier in Jesus' ministry, he had been invited to a big shindig that the Pharisees were throwing, and he was, you know, a famous teacher, so he was invited. And remember what the Bible says, that Jesus watched how, how they sat. He watched how they sat. So he noticed that they went when they went into the house, nobody paid attention to the poor man at the door. Everybody just walked by him. Nobody cared about him. But when they came in, they were all clamoring to sit closest to the host and the most important person at the feast because that showed you how important you were. Remember what Jesus did? Jesus chided them for that and said, how much better to take a lower seat and to be called up than to desire those chief seats and then had to have to be chagrined by someone telling you, no, someone more important than you showed up, you've got to move down a seat. You've got to move down a seat. So they loved this. Look at verse number 39 again. The chief seats in the synagogues and the uppermost rooms at feasts. So again, places of status. They just want to be known by where they sit and who they are how important other people think they are and what they wear and what they're called. It's all about their position, their title, their respect level. Look at verse number 40, but here's what they do. We see what they love in verses 38 and 39. They love this attention and adulation and praise and all of this that feeds their ego but watch what they do to kind of get their resources. Verse number 40, but they devour widows' houses. What, what Bible imagery? 
What what literary imagery they devour widows' houses. Boy, that that's the image of a of a carnivore just devouring its prey. And the point is, is that they so take advantage of vulnerable people, like the widows, the most vulnerable people of the day, that they actually abscond with their resources. In this case, they devour widows' houses through their chicanery, through their slick uh, money dealings. They're able to get the widows' houses donated to the temple, and these widows are left out on the, on the road to beg. They don't care. Uh, they're taking advantage, like, like we see today, among the elderly. Fraud among the elderly is so rampant. People taking advantage of email scams and text scams. And, uh, sir, we detected a problem with your credit card. If you could just give us your social security number, we'd be happy to take care of that. I mean, all of that. I mean, nothing has changed. Nefarious people. Now, what's what's ex- extremely insidious about this is they're doing it in the name of religion. Okay, these are the Kenneth Copelands of the day. Okay, these are the people that are taking advantage of innocent people, mailing in their money to the ministry and being taken advantage of. The same things are happening today. It is just uh, so maddening, is it not? And the Bible says here in verse number 40, they devour widows' houses and for a pretense. In other words, uh, they're not sincere about this, but to 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 show people or to pretend or to give the overture that somehow they are special. The Bible says, pretentiously, as a pretense, they make long prayers. So they, the Bible talks about the Pharisee and the publican. Remember that parable and how they love to stand in the street corner. Uh, I mean, that's where all the people, that's the intersection. And they stand there and lift their hands and they pray loudly and everyone walks by. And wow, how religious they are and how important they are. And look at that important religious leader praying. And boy, he prays for such a long time. Remember the publican who didn't even look up to heaven, just beat his hands upon his chest and said, a God be merciful to me, a sinner. A simple, short, and yet sincere prayer that God answered. So we see it here, don't we? Where the Bible says they, for a pretense, make long prayers. These shall receive greater damnation. They are going to be judged much more severely, says the Lord. Why? Because they know better. And they're using their position. They're using their power to step on little people, to take advantage of them vulnerable people, and they will answer for it. Reminds me a bit of that passage in James chapter 5, where it talks about the rich men that are taking advantage of their labor force, James chapter 5, and the the people are being, the vulnerable people are having their wages cut and even not given. And what does James say? Hey, grudge not, brethren. Be patient unto the coming of the Lord. Uh, God's going to deal with all of this. It is time. Behold, the farmer, the husbandman, waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth until they receive the early and the latter rain. We understand in agriculture, you plant a seed, it doesn't 
doesn't bear fruit immediately. It doesn't even start growing immediately. But we know the rain's going to come. And then we know the rain's going to come again. And we know eventually the harvest is going to come. And so just as surely as a farmer plants that seed and trusts that God's going to, in his time and in his way, bring it to pass so we know that God is going to make everything right. We look at the way some of these religious people take advantage of people. We look at how some churches are so man-centered and it looks like people are getting away with it and, and innocent people are suffering. Listen, God, the righteous judge, will deal with all of that. We better make sure we're on the side of humility. We better make sure we're on the side, on Jesus' side. We better make sure that we're not taking advantage of people and especially using the church and the name of God and things like prayer and the Bible as tools in a much more nefarious trade, and that is to take advantage of other people. So Jesus warned about it right here 2,000 years ago. It was happening. It's still happening. And we need another warning today, don't we? And that's what we receive today. So I'm going to quit there. Verse number 40. I'm going to finish this chapter next episode. Hope you'll join us for that. A very famous story, but I think a little bit of a different twist than you might expect or maybe the way you've heard it taught. So I hope you'll come back and hear it next time. Uh, But for today, we're out of time. Have a great day in the Lord. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.